Prince Remembered from The Current. Andrea Swenson, blogger and program host on our sister station, The Current, got to know Prince a bit at the end of his life. She was at the street party last night in Minneapolis, which drew thousands to downtown Minneapolis, and she joins me this morning in studio, which I'm sure you are exhausted. <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. It's, it seems surreal, doesn't it? I was kind of hoping I would wake up today and yesterday would have just been a horrible dream, but here we are. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. You know, the last time you and I talked, it was in studio, and mm-hmm. it was about uh, an up-close encounter you had yeah. with, with Prince. So talk about that and other recent encounters you had with him. Yeah, that was probably the most recent one uh, that comes to mind where I was in a very kind of intimate setting with Prince, about 30 of us at Paisley Park in the middle of the night waiting for Madonna to stop by after she had just performed at the arena. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one uh, about two years ago now. A lot of people have experienced him on stage and experienced him as this, you know, larger than life force. But to just look him in the eye and shake his hand and spend a couple hours kind of shooting the breeze and seeing how funny and sweet and shy and sensitive and kind of playful he was. Uh, I just I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to really see his humanity in that way. That's the one person I always wanted to interview. Oh, Prince. Never had that opportunity. <laughs> and I'm curious as to what that would have been like. Yeah. You know, you hear some of the interviews he's done and he, he uh, had a, a very sharp intellect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Part of it was, you know, he doesn't really do traditional interviews. So it was just us talking. And so I wanted to keep him talking. So it was just racking my brain of like, what can I talk to him about that's going to be interesting enough to keep him wanting to engage? Because he could just leave at any moment. This all could be over. How did you find yourself in his sphere? Uh, It started with a drawing I made, actually. I was reviewing a concert of his at the Dakota Jazz Club. And they didn't allow any cameras or cell phones, uh, which was very typical. And I brought a notebook and I did a little doodle of him and his whole band set up on stage, just kind of for my own memory and then to kind of set the scene for people because it was such an unusual little event. And I put it with the review and then the next day I got a call from his manager saying Prince would like to own that. (laughs) And you said, what? Come on. I said, I'm keeping the original, but I'll send you a scan. (laughs) Good move. Yeah. (laughs) Good move. And then that started your relationship. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, the next night, uh, he invited me back to the Dakota. Actually, he set me up with like VIP passes. I ended up getting to watch the show standing next to Bobby Z from the Revolution. It was a very surreal experience. And then all of a sudden, I was getting, you know, personal invitations every time something was going on at Paisley Park. I was... Even though I work here at Minnesota Public Radio, I did not know to the extent that Prince had such a relationship with you and your colleagues at The Current that he would suggest things and you mm-hmm. guys had like you know conversations and that kind of thing. And that really was interesting to me to read that in The Daily Beast. Uh, folks might want to check that out online, by the way. Just the depth of that relationship. Yeah, that had been going on for years. And I, you know, people have been asking me why, why did Prince love the current? Why did we have this relationship? I honestly think it was a connection for him to his hometown. And it, he knew that we are an independent station, that we support independent music, that people don't need to be on a major label to get played on the current. I think he really appreciated that. I think he saw it as kind of a pipeline directly to his audience that we weren't going to filter what he wanted to say. Uh, I know you've seen him so many times in performance uh, in some, as you mentioned, intimate 
uh, performances. Can you name me maybe the, the top two that you'll always, always remember? I think, honestly, the last time I saw him was the piano and microphone show. I will never forget that. He did, it was basically a greatest hits set list, and it was just him alone at the piano. He was so candid and telling all these stories in between the songs. Uh, at one point, he played Purple Rain on the piano, uh, you know, improvising this beautiful solo and singing it so beautifully. And he got up and kind of hopped off stage and then came back and sat down and said, I guess that one still gets me. And he was visibly wiping tears from his eyes. So to see him so emotionally connected to that song after so many years, I mean, that song came out 32 years ago. That was just so powerful. And then he followed it up a couple songs later with Nothing Compares to You, and that was just a puddle. <laughs> yeah. I, I can only imagine what that was like, the electricity, too. Right. Right. Speaking of electricity, um, thousands of people packed mm -hmm. downtown Minneapolis outside of First Avenue, and that had to have been quite a vibe to feel. It honestly felt like uh, Times Square in New York, or what I imagined that would feel like, because once you got in there, there was no moving. You just kind of wedged in. I ended up wedged. Thankfully, I found some people I actually knew, and we all wedged <laughs> together. Um, otherwise, I would have just been in a sea of strangers. You really had no control over your movements, your body. You were just kind of in this throng. And then every time, you know, it was song after song. Everyone remembered. Everyone knew all the words. To be in that atmosphere where everyone's singing, everyone's dancing, you didn't know whether to laugh or cry or bowl. I think I did both the whole time. It was just beautiful. Because you have personal knowledge of Prince and the workings at Paisley Park, what do you suppose may happen next? It's really, I mean, I think we're about to see Pandora's box opening. I mean, not only in terms of the music that he's recorded, the videos he's never released, all of this material is just waiting for someone to go through it. But then all of the stories that everyone else has about Prince that maybe they didn't feel they could share. You know, he was such a private person. I think we're going to hear a lot, uh, a lot in the next few weeks, next few years. I think there's a lot to sift through. To maybe get a fuller picture of the artist. Right. Yeah. As a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea, thank you so much. And thanks for your work here. The past 18 hours must have been just e extremely difficult. It helps to talk about it. So I'm happy to.